Aloha, and thank you for joining us on our exciting adventure of walking through the New Testament as a participant in a life group. Open your heart to what God may be saying to you as we endeavor not only to hear His Word, but to obey. Here now is our Bible teacher, Pastor Jim Morocco. John has just got through talking about the church and the world. Now he comes back to his main theme of determining the difference between true and false teachers. He's already shared concerning the test of morality, that is, keeping Christ's commandments and dealing with one's own sin. Just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean that they are, unless they're really trying to obey Christ's commandments and dealing with their own sin. And secondly, the social test of loving one's brother rather than hating them. Now he moves to a third test. He starts by again addressing his readers as little children and then states, it is the last time or this is the last hour. Jesus said in Mark chapter 13 verse 32, but of that day and of that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is come. In Acts Chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus said, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Well, to John and to every Christian of every age, it is the last hour, for no one knows when Christ will return. John Calvin, a great theologian of the 16th century, stated, It is the last time in which all things are so completed that nothing remains except the final revelation of Christ. John affirms the common Christian doctrine that the end will be preceded by the rise of an Antichrist. And the Antichrist's coming, from John's perspective, has been preceded by a host of little Antichrists, if you will, or forerunners. Jesus states in Matthew 24, verse 5, and also in verse 24, he says in verse 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And in verse 24, he states, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Well, by the very fact that there are antichrists, or forerunners of the antichrist, or little antichrists at work, already it confirms that it is the last of time. Now, the term anti means against, or it means instead of Christ. So these antichrists are those who are in one sense making themselves out to be or teach a substitute Christ, having people put their trust in other things other than Christ. In another sense, they teach against Christ. They deny him and who he really is. Now, these antichrists were at one time in the church. What they are are backslidden Christians. They left the church. And John makes a clear distinction between the church through the use of the term us and these antichrists by the use of the term they. Now, there was a purpose in their leaving. Their purpose was that God made manifest or showed the church by these people leaving that they were false. For if they were of the truth, they would have stayed. Their leaving was their unmasking. Jesus said in Luke 12, 2, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. So by their leaving, God revealed their falseness. Well, in the Old Testament, oil was a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and John states, ye have an unction from the Holy One. The word unction means anointing. This probably refers to what took place to Jesus in Luke 4.18 when Jesus was anointed not with oil, as was the case in the Old Testament, but was the fulfillment of what that oil meant, and that is that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. So now those who belong to him 
are also anointed with the Holy Spirit as clearly seen in Acts 2, 4. It is this anointing that is the protection of the saints from false teachers. Just as the false teachers are aligned with the Antichrist, so the Christian is aligned with Christ and sharing his anointing. That anointing is through the Spirit or through the Holy Spirit of God. And it's through the Spirit of God that we have true knowledge. It seems that John is making a play on words here. The false teachers, these Antichrists, are saying that they are a minority of people that know or that they have superior insight, and therefore others must be like them. But John is saying, look, you Christians all possess knowledge. It is a privilege for all those who are part of the church because of the anointing given individually by the Spirit. Each Christian has personal knowledge of the Lord because of the working of the Holy Spirit. As Jeremiah prophesied in Jeremiah 31, 34, no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they all will know me. Now John proceeds to let them know he is writing them, not because he has any doubts about their knowing the truth, but rather to affirm the truth they hold. Also, the nature of the truth is such that no lie can be the truth or come from the truth, or can a lie come from the truth. A lie comes from the devil. Now, what is the false teaching of these heretics? What is the lie? Well, verse 22 states that it's denying that Jesus is the Christ. Now, John says that one who is teaching this false doctrine is not only a liar, but the Antichrist, because he denies the very character of God who has been revealed as the Father and the Son. John is literally saying that the master falsehood, or the most incredible lie, is the denial that Jesus is the Christ. Now, what does John mean by this? John doesn't mean simply that they are denying that Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. John explains the degree of this lie by what he says in verse 23. In both verses 22 and 23, he refers to Jesus as the Son. Now, what these false teachers were claiming was that Jesus was simply a mere man who was given divine power or even was adopted into the Godhead for a particular period of time. But they denied that Jesus was the eternal Son of God, that Jesus and the eternal Son were the same person. In reality, they were denying that Jesus was God in the flesh. And by the fact that one does not have the right conception of Jesus, then his view of the Father is distorted as well. So he doesn't really know God, even though he thinks he does. It is as though John clearly has in mind the words of Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. One cannot know God the Father except through God the Son. To John, everything is very clear. If one denies the truth of who Jesus is, then they have fallen victim to the greatest lie. They are associated with the Antichrist and do not know God. In fact, in verse 23, John has in mind the, the grave importance of an open confession that Jesus is one Savior in order to truly have a relationship with the Father. Now, John moves on in verse 24 through 27 to encourage his Christian audience. He does this by sharing how they can keep from falling victim to false doctrines. First, he says, you've got to see to it that you keep the gospel, the apostolic teaching, the truth that originally has been preached. They must let it abide. That is, it will not do so automatically. They must continue to open themselves to sound teaching. They must continue to open themselves up to the word. Now, if this takes place, they will continue or, in other words, abide or have God. The result is the assurance of eternal life. 
Therefore, abiding in sound doctrine is mandatory. It's a must for abiding in God and having eternal life. Well, secondly, John does not underestimate the power of these false teachers. He calls them seducers. And it is not just enough that he has exposed their false teaching, but the church must realize that a second safeguard against them is the anointing which they have received. The Holy Spirit abides in them. The Holy Spirit given to them at Pentecost has never been withdrawn. In fact, John 16, 13, Jesus states the Holy Spirit would lead believers into all truth. Therefore, John is saying that the Holy Spirit can teach you and the result is a continued abiding in Christ. Now, we must see this verse in context of what John is saying. You see, John is in fact teaching those he's writing to. And in other places in Scripture, it is very clearly shown that teachers are a gift to the church by God. So he's not saying you shouldn't have teachers, but John is stressing the unique work of the Spirit and not that these Christians need to be in bondage to these false teachers for guidance. They have the Holy Spirit. So in summary, John is saying, if one is to keep from being victims of false teachers, there is a need for them to live in the Word of God, the written Word of God, the objective Word of God, the teaching of the apostles, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. One needs both, the Word and the Spirit. I'll be back in a moment with the application. Well, the first thing I think we need to look at is the fact that John mentions about it's the last days. Every Christian needs to realize that we live in the last day. We today are living in the last day, the closing seconds of time, even much more so than John did. If John felt that way, how much more should we feel that way today, right here, right now? We have to live with the full expectation that Christ is coming soon. Now, there's a lot of people who don't live that way. They do things, they say things, they act certain ways that they really don't believe Christ is coming soon. If you really believe that, there would be a greater intensity on your heart toward the things of God. Secondly, we also live in a time of antichrist. There are many antichrists on the scene even today. They're popping up all over the place. And as we come to the close of time, you see a greater proliferation of antichrist, people claiming to be Christ. False cults are raising up every minute. That means that it won't be long before the real antichrist will be on the scene. Now, the important thing is that doctrine is a radical part of your salvation. False doctrine is not something that's a little problem. It's a big problem. Because if one has the wrong conception of Jesus... One is being aligned with the Antichrist. And that person is on their way to hell. And we sometimes don't treat things that way. Doctrine is important. If a person thinks Jesus is simply a God rather than Jehovah God, that person's aligned themselves with Antichrist and they're on their way to hell. Somebody is saying, oh, well, you know, I can believe in numerous gods, one of them being Jesus, then they really don't know God. Because you don't know God, as John is saying, unless you know the Son, God the Son. He makes it very, very clear. Whoever denies the Son, the same hath not the Father. And he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. In other words, confessing the Son, you have the Father too. Because the Father and the Son are one. 
Now, we need to know that truth. We need to embrace it. And we need to be concerned about what we believe. And be sure that what we're believing is what the Word is saying. Now, it's interesting that John makes the distinction between us and they. And see, just because one is religious, or even just simply because one is going to church, doesn't mean they're saved. The Lord knows who are His, as 2 Timothy 2.19. There are some that come to church, but they believe wrongly. They don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And there's a real clear distinction. Now, secondly, what we also have to realize, by the very fact that John makes a big point of continuing and abiding, it's important to hear what Scripture says. For instance, in Mark 13, 13, Jesus says, He that endures shall the end, the same shall be saved. It's interesting that we must persevere in our faith. We're not dealing with somebody just because they went to church 20 years ago, everything's okay. No, there must be a persevering. The enemy doesn't want us to be saved. He doesn't want our life to continue in faith. We need to keep abiding in the truth. Now, we come to the point that it's very, very important. I remember I was working one day and a man came to me and said, what do you think about this? I don't think I need teachers. And they pointed to this verse of scripture and they forgot to realize that John, of course, was a teacher and he was teaching the people he was writing to. He's not saying you don't need teachers. He's saying that teachers are a part of the working of the Spirit. But every one of you that are Christians has the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit is there to reveal truth to you. What is happening is that there's a check. There's the check of the church and the working of the Spirit in the body of Christ through the church as a whole and the working of the Spirit in you. There needs to be agreement in your life there. If you get off doing your own thing thinking that you've got truth without it aligning itself to what God is saying through His Word and through the church, then, you know, we've got some problems there. And yet, if this group is just saying this is the way it is, but it doesn't agree with what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you, you need to be sensitive about that as well. What John is very clearly saying, there's two things that you've got to keep in mind. You've got to keep in the Word. If you just have all the experiences in the Spirit without keeping in the Word, you have no way of deciding whether those experiences are true or false. Because everybody has experiences. You've got to keep in the Word. And if you just keep in the Word without growing in the Holy Spirit, in the experiences of the Spirit, then all you happen to do is get very academic and the Word becomes the letter and it kills and doesn't give life. You need both. You have to be involved in the life of the Spirit, worshiping in the Spirit, growing in the Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, letting the fruit of the Spirit be manifested in your life, and then keeping in the Word. Keeping in the Word. Let's close in a word of prayer. I'm praying that all of you will be abiding in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for just the joy of being able to share these moments together. I pray that each one that heard this lesson tonight will truly be individuals that sense your anointing in their life and are continuing to grow in the Word and are abiding in you. I thank you now for that which you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.